five, and it was going to be a two-part message. I was going to preach uh, part number one this morning and part number two tonight. And uh, but here's what I'm going to do instead. And I just was uh, praying and and pondering on this this afternoon. Uh, I'm going to bring the Sunday school lesson tonight that I was going to give to our class this morning. And I never, listen, God gave me the day off this morning. I didn't get to teach or preach. He just, he did it all. And by the way, that's fine. He can do anything he wants to do. And so I was just trying to think uh, because I knew the message that I had was going to be uh, a lot, a lot of content trying to get in uh, tonight. And so uh, I felt so strongly about the Sunday school lesson this morning that I had really, I had really contemplated on, uh, on changing that up and preaching it instead of teaching it in the Sunday school class. And so God knows what he's doing, and maybe uh, I guess God knew all along this was what was going to happen. So I want to talk to you tonight about this, uh, this subject, restoring the Christian spirit, restoring the Christian spirit. And so Luke chapter number eight in your Bibles, and um, I, we had the handout for Sunday school, so you don't have scripture on your screen tonight. Uh, but Luke chapter eight is where we're at tonight, and when you find your place, if you're able to stand tonight, Let's stand out of respect for the reading of God's word. Luke chapter eight, we're gonna begin in verse number 41 and we're gonna read maybe a little bit more scripture than we normally would. We're gonna read down through verse number 56 and then we'll uh, teach a little bit tonight or preach a little bit tonight and I trust that we'll say something that might honor the Lord and I appreciate the wonderful time of praise and worship that we had this morning and um, you know, honestly, this morning I was sitting there getting ready to preach and, uh, and all morning long, the Lord had been just doing something sort of unique. And I, and, and I sat there, and Brother Michael and Miss Krista got up to sing, and I thought, I might not get to preach today. I can tell I might not get to preach today. And, uh, and I just, you know, me and the Lord just had a little conversation. I said, Lord, you just do whatever, you do whatever you want to do. Now, he doesn't, have, he doesn't need my permission, by the way. And uh, I'm not saying that we were having that kind of conversation. I was just saying I was yielding to his will. Um, Lord, they don't have to hear me, me preach today. Um, but the Lord does different things in different services. This morning, God did what he did. Tonight, God wants us to receive the word. And, and so we need to mind the Lord. And, uh, and so Luke chapter eight, verse number 41, the Bible says, and behold, there came a man named Jairus and he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at Jesus's feet and besought him that he would come into his house, for he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a dying, but as he went, the people thronged him. And a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years, which had spent all of her living, uh, all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her daughter, Be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace. While he yet spake, and there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, Fear not, believe only, 
and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. And all wept and bewailed her, but he said, weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. And he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again. And she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat. And her parents were astonished, I guess so. But he charged them that they should tell no man what was done. And you may be seated tonight. And I want to focus in on that verse number 55 tonight. That's our text. And I'm really just going to use this as a sort of a jumping board to get into this uh, simple lesson tonight. Luke chapter 8, verse 55, the Bible says, And her spirit came again. Her spirit came again. And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about tonight, restoring the Christian spirit. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your goodness, your salvation, your mercy, your patience, your forgiveness. Father, thank you for giving us the church and thank you for allowing us to come together and do what we're doing right now. God, once again, we want to say thank you for breathing on us this morning. God, truly, there was a breeze from another world that blew through here today. We thank you for that. But now, Lord, tonight, we thank you for a great time of worship and music and singing. And Father, we've been reminded of your goodness and greatness But now, Lord, it's time for the word of God. And Father, we tried to worship you in spirit. And now, Lord, it's time that we worship you in truth. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help the truth of the word of God to come alive in our hearts and our minds tonight. Lord, please do not allow the enemy to hinder tonight. Please, please, please. We pray that in the name of Jesus. And Father, we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And uh, so, Holy Spirit, breathe on us and help us and direct us in the service, and do that what you want to do tonight, please. And we love you and praise you, for we ask all these things in Jesus' name, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Luke eight fifty five. the Bible says, and her spirit came again, and she arose straightway. Her spirit came again. Now, let me tell you what this uh, verse is talking about. You already know this, but if I can just uh, unpack it just a little bit for you tonight, The Bible says this, when it says her spirit came again, it means here that the young lady's spirit uh, had exited her physical body. In other words, she had passed away. She had uh, succumbed to death. She was deceased. And when Jesus healed her, the Bible says that she revived and her spirit returned to her body. And so we understand that a great, great miracle had been done here by the Lord. By the way, the, only, the miracle that only the Lord could do as he resurrected this uh, young lady that was dead, he resurrected her to life again. But I believe this tonight, Calvary. I believe there's also a spiritual application that we can make here as well. Spiritually speaking, if we're not careful, it's possible for our Christian spirit to leave us. Now, I, I, I'm gonna tell you what I'm talking about when I say that, so don't jump to any conclusions yet. This is what I'm talking about. You're here tonight, you say, preacher, I used to have an excited spirit. Uh, boy, I used to be so excited about the things of the Lord, excited about my Bible, excited about prayer, excited, excited about church, excited about ministry, but somewhere along the line, I sort of lost that 
excitement in my spirit. And you're here tonight, and you say, Pastor, I, I used to have a rejoicing spirit, and, and uh, boy, I used to be so uh, full of joy, and, and it just seemed like it just, uh, I had so much that it just flowed out of me, but somehow, preacher, uh, it has evaded me. And now I find my, myself complaining, and I find myself murmuring uh, about things that I should not be complaining about. You're here tonight maybe and you say, Pastor, I, I used to have a very contented spirit, but I no longer have that contented spirit and now I, I don't seem as fulfilled as I, I once did. Or maybe you're here this evening and, and you say, Pastor, I used to have a really sweet, sweet spirit, but now there just seems like there's that feeling of restlessness and, uh, and, uh, and, and that, that sweetness in my spirit has sort of uh, gone away. Or maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I, I used to have an encouraged spirit uh, and I used to be so encouraged and I used to try to encourage others, but now I, I, I find myself feeling down and, and I'm the one that needs encouragement and uh, I need others to speak into my life. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say that sometimes the Christian, uh, the spirit can leave us. You say, Pastor, I'm just not excited like I used to be. I've lost my shout. I've lost my desire for the house of God. I've lost my happiness uh, in the Lord. Now, church, I'm not talking about losing your salvation. I'm not talking about that tonight. I'm talking about your Christian spirit not being right now, I want you just to listen to these verses. You can jot them down. You don't have to turn there because I'm going to read them way too quickly tonight. But in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse number 14, listen to what the Bible says about a man by the name of King Saul. The Bible says, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And so something happened to King Saul's spirit. Listen to Psalm 51. And verse number 10, the psalmist David said this, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And so we know that David had lost that right spirit. There used to be a time when David was a man after God's own heart and David had the right kind of spirit, but we know the story. David got involved in sin and unrighteousness and backslid on the Lord. And David came to that point in his life when, when he found out that his spirit was not right. And, and so he came to the Lord and said, Lord, please renew a right spirit within me. I thought about Job in Job chapter seven and verse number 11. Job said, therefore I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Now, that's all I'm saying, Calvary. If we're not careful, sometimes our spirit can get to the place where it's not exactly right. Sometimes our, our spirit, the, the right kind of spirit, that joyful spirit, that contented spirit, that passionate spirit can sort of leave us. And I believe that's why the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter four and verse number 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Uh, remodel your spirit. Why? Because sometimes it just sort of gets out of whack. Now, uh, this young lady, the Bible says her spirit returned. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that tonight. If I could just give you some very, very simple points, some things that we notice uh, that caused this young lady's spirit to be restored. And these are all very, very simple. How about this? Number one, we notice a private time. Now look back at your passage tonight, if you will, in Luke chapter eight. And I want you to notice a couple of verses. Look at verse number 51. Luke eight, verse 51. The Bible says, and when he came into the house, Notice this next line. He suffered no man to go in 
save Peter and James and John and the father and the mother of the maiden. Skim down to verse number 54. And the Bible says this, and he put them all out and took her by the hand and called saying, maid, arise. Now church, this is my point that I wanna make tonight. It wasn't until this young lady had some private time with Jesus that a change came. You know, one of the things I noticed about this story is evidently the house was pretty full. Uh, evidently, there were quite a few people that were in this house. This young lady evidently had been sick for a while and, and some folks had come and maybe the, 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 the uh, guests had gathered and maybe the relatives were coming over and the house was sort of full. But I noticed this, even though the house was full, this young lady remained dead and she was dead until the master came. Did you know that having a restored spirit is not contingent upon people and it's not contingent upon popularity and it's not contingent upon prominence or praise or population. Listen to me now, don't miss this point. It is our alone time with Christ that keeps our spirit fresh and alive. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, my spirit is not right. I've lost that joy. I've lost that excitement. I've lost that, that, uh, that passion that I used to have for serving the Lord. I wanna ask you a question. How's your alone time? How's your alone time? How uh, you say, Pastor, I'm involved in this ministry. I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I'm gonna tell you what, uh, it's not about ministry and it's not about necessarily the people that you're serving with, but I wanna ask you a question. How much time are you spending alone with the Savior? How much time are you spending alone with the Master? Hey, church, have you ever wondered about something? Have you ever wondered why the apostles in the early church and the early church as a whole, have you ever wondered why they had such amazing power? You ever wondering about that? Can I show you what it came from? Would you take your Bible, hold your place there at Luke chapter eight because we're going right back. But I want you to look at Acts chapter six real quickly tonight, if you will. Acts chapter six. And, uh, and, and, and notice some very important wording here. Uh, we notice that the apostles and the early church had such power because they placed a very high priority on a long time with the Lord Jesus. Look at Acts 6, verse 1. The Bible says, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, now, church, you read it, you read it, and you'll find out the church is exploding with growth right here. Uh, listen, we're not talking about hundreds, we're talking about thousands. And the church is exploding with growth. And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily administration. Verse two, then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now, I want you to understand, the implication here is not that the apostles were above serving. That's not what they were saying. It's not that Peter and James and, and John and some of the apostles, it's not that they were against serving, they were servants. 
But here's what they were saying. We, want to, we don't want to become so busy serving others that we neglect our alone time with the Lord. And so because of that, we're going to choose some other men. We're going to choose some deacons. We're going to choose some other men in the church that can serve and, and do some of these other tasks so we can make sure that we have alone time with the, with the Lord and we can, we can make sure that we have the power of God on our life. They knew that's where their power came from. Now, I want you to turn back to just a couple more pages, Acts chapter number four, Acts chapter number four, and look at verse number 31 tonight. Again, we're talking about this private time. Acts chapter four and verse number 31. And the Bible says this, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Look at this next line. The Bible says, and with great power, notice that, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. I love that verse and I love those words. The Bible says that they gave witness with great power, great power. That word power, there's the Greek word dynamis, dynamis. And we get a word from that and it's the word dynamite. In other words, when these men ministered, they ministered with dynamite power. That's why so many people were getting saved. Lives were being changed. People were coming to the faith. Folks were coming into the church. Uh, you say, preacher, where did that dynamite power come from? And it came from that private time with the Lord. Now, church, this is simple. This is as simple as it's going to get. If you're here tonight and you want to have the right kind of spirit, if you're here tonight and you want to have an excited spirit, you want to have a joyful spirit, you want to have a jubilant spirit, you say, Pastor, I want that. How can I have it? You won't get it necessarily by reading a book. You won't get it necessarily by hanging out with people. You're going to get that right kind of spirit by your alone time with the Lord. And again, I want to ask you, how's your alone time with Jesus? Are you spending time with the Lord? Amen. Are you spending time with the Lord? Simple. That's pretty simple, but it's simply important. Amen. Now you better make sure that you're walking with Jesus Christ every single day, spending time in your Bible, spending time in prayer. Why? Because that's where God's going to give you the right kind of a spirit. So we notice, first of all, that private time, but there's something else. And I love this second, this second uh, thought here. Number two, we notice a particular touch. Now look back at your Bibles, Luke chapter eight, and look at verse number 54, and this is wonderful. Luke chapter eight and verse number 54, the Bible says, and he put them all out, look at this next line, and took her by the hand, and took her by the hand. Hey, Calvary, can you imagine holding the hand of God? And she was. We say, preach, that's Jesus. That's true, but Jesus is God. Can you imagine holding the hand of God? Now, wait a minute now. I understand. I know what it means to, uh, you know, you're delighted. You say, Pastor, I, I have a, a, a shook some very important hands. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe, you know, maybe you have uh, shook hands with a celebrity. 
Or maybe you're here tonight and you have uh, shook hands with a politician. Maybe you met the governor. Maybe you met the president. Or uh, you just happened to happen to be in the same place they were. And man, they, this uh, politician came by, governor, president, vice president came by, and you shook their hand. Uh, or maybe you uh, uh, talked to some kind of a sports figure that plays on a baseball team or NFL or, or something, and, and you had the opportunity to shake their hand. I'm not talking about that. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine uh, shaking the hand and holding the hand of Almighty God? By the way, somebody says, Pastor, what was the significance of this touch? Could the Lord Jesus Christ have not just, uh, could he have not just spoken and healed this, uh, this little maid? And the answer to that is absolutely. He spoke the worlds into existence. And so if he wanted to speak, and heal this little maid. He could do that, but I, I'm going to tell you, and as I was studying this afternoon and getting ready for the service tonight, I don't know about anybody else, but man, this just blessed me so much. Somebody says, well, pastor, why then did the Lord Jesus Christ take her by the hand? And I really believe this is a beautiful, beautiful application. Did you many times, and I got my little wife sitting down here on the front row from time to time, There'll be something come in our life, maybe a burden, maybe a storm. And uh, maybe she, uh, she's, she's a little bit more emotional than I am. Actually, that's a lie. She's a lot more emotional than I am. And sometimes, boy, she gets really upset or maybe she gets sad about something or really disturbed about something. Hang on, hang on, church. And sometimes, you know what I'll do when I know she's really upset or she's really emotional? I'll just reach over and... Take her by the hand. I'll hold her hand. Have you ever done this? Have you ever went to the funeral home to try to be an encouragement to somebody that just lost a loved one? And I mean, their heart is so heavy and their heart is so broken. And you walk through that funeral line and you walk by the casket and there's that loved one that just passed away and there's that family member that, that's got swollen eyes and, and red cheeks and, and, uh, and, and uh, a Kleenex in their hand uh, and you knew that, boy, you knew that, they were, uh, you knew that they were sad. You knew their heart was broken. And uh, you know what you did? You know what you did? You reached out. And you took them by the hand. You know what that gesture was? It was, I'm thinking about you. I'm empathizing with you. I may not understand what you're going through, but I'm here for you. You reach your hand out and you shake their hand. Or maybe you're somewhere in a, in a, a large department store or you're in a mall somewhere uh, and all of a sudden you come up on a little child and that little child is just crying their eyes out. And I mean, it's just a little, little thing. And, and, and you, uh, you notice it and you go over to this little child and you say, honey, what, what's wrong? And they say, I can't find my mommy. I can't find my mommy. And man, there's just people everywhere. And, and, uh, and, and, and maybe, to try to, uh, maybe to, to try to add a little comfort, you reach down and you say, well, uh, let me have your hand and we'll try to find your mommy. You know why you do that? You do that to comfort that little child to say, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. 
You say, Pastor, why did, why did the Lord take this young lady's hand? Listen to this church because this is wonderful. Man, I got so excited about this. Thinking about this in the study today, Jesus knowing ahead of time what was going on. Listen, and I, I, and I thought about this too. And I know that Brother Rodney and, and some of you others that are in the medical, have been in the medical field, you can relate to this. If you've ever seen someone, somebody in the ER, maybe they were in a horrible car crash or uh, some type of a wreck and they, they uh, bring them into the hospital and they're unconscious and maybe they, they've got blood all over them and they put them on the bed there in the ER and, and the doctors and the nurses go to, uh, uh, go, go to work and, uh, and all of a sudden that person who was knocked out, maybe they're unconscious when they came in the hospital, all of a sudden they wake up and uh, they don't know where they're at, they don't know what's going on. And, boy, have you ever seen this? You ever seen that nurse reach over and put, put her hand on their shoulder? Or maybe that nurse reaches over and takes them by the hand. You know why they do that? It's to say, everything's all right. Everything's okay. Hey, church, I'm going to tell you, this is great. <laughs> Jesus walks into this house, and this little maid's dead. She's dead. The mourners are already mourning. And Jesus walks in, and he puts everybody out. There's private time there. But he doesn't stop there. He walks over, and he takes her by the hand. And somebody says, Pastor, could he not just speak and heal her? He could and did. But I believe this, he takes her by the hand because when he resurrects her, all of a sudden, can y'all just, man, I was thinking about this today. Here's this young lady, she's dead, and all of a sudden, her spirit comes back in her, and she's, <gasps> can you imagine being dead? Your spirit has left you, and all of a sudden, you come back alive. <gasps> the breath of God comes back in you. Don't you know that young girl, when she <gasps> woke up, she was startled, and she looked over, and God's holding her hand. Well, you might need God to hold your hand tonight. <laughs> Aren't you glad about that? You say, Pastor, how can I have the right kind of spirit? Well, I believe the Bible's teaching us a great lesson here. If you're going to have the right kind of spirit, you've got to be hand in hand with God. And if you're hand in hand with God, you know what that means? That means living in the will of God. Revelation, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says it like this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so we see a private time. We see a, a particular touch quickly today, quickly. Number, number three, we see a personal message. Look at Luke, Luke 8, verse 54. The Bible says, and he put them all out. There's privacy. And he took her by the hand. There's that personal touch. And the Bible says, and called, saying, made, arise. Now, I want you to understand something. This was a very personal message directed specifically to this young lady. You say, well, Pastor, how do you know that? Because if it had not been directly, specifically to that young lady, when Jesus Christ said, arise, every corpse in every grave would have arose right then. <laughs> and by the way, did you know something? That's going to happen. One of these days, that's going to happen. Did you know that God has given you, likewise, God has given you a personal message in his Bible? Can I show you how personal that message is. Would you take your, your Bibles again, holding your place at Luke chapter 8? But I want you to turn to the book of Hebrews tonight. Hebrews chapter number uh, 4. 
in your Bibles and look at verse number 12. And I'm going to show you how personal, how personal this message is. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. The Bible says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, notice quickly or notice uh, uh, closely in Hebrews 4, verse 12. The Bible says, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. But then it goes on. And of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Well, this is a personal personal message that God has given to you and God has given to me. You say, preacher, is that important? It's very important. Did you know that personal message will cleanse you? John 15, verse three, the Bible says, now you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Psalm 119, verse number nine, the Bible says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. You're here tonight, might be a young man here tonight. And you say, Pastor, my spirit's not right. I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven, but my spirit's not right. Preacher, I've been involved in some things I shouldn't be involved in. And, uh, and, and because of that, my spirit's not right. And, and, and you say, Pastor, do you, you have any words of advice? I do. Get in this book right here and devour this book and let God's personal message speak to your heart. Why? Because this book right here will cleanse you. It'll cleanse you. You say, preacher, I've got thoughts in my mind that shouldn't be there, or maybe you're here tonight, and you say, preacher, I put things in this computer years ago that I never should have put in there, and it's so hard to get rid of them. Uh, any advice? Yes, you get in that book right there and read that book and devour that book and study that book and stay in that book. Why? Because that message, that personal message will cleanse you, and it'll cleanse me. I'll tell you something else that will do. Our Bible says that that message will warm you. In Jeremiah 23, 29, the Bible says, It's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces. In Jeremiah chapter 20, verse number nine, Jeremiah said, but his word was in mine heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. And I'll tell you something else that message will do. It'll not only do these things, but it'll quicken you. Psalm 119, verse number 154, the psalmist said, please my call, plead my cause, and deliver me, quicken me, According to thy word, quicken me. That word quicken is the Hebrew word haya. And it means this, it means to repair, to revive. You say, preacher, my spirit, my spirit's not right. My spirit's not right. Any, any, any advice? Yes, get in this book right here. Because our Bible says that this book will quicken you. It'll revive you. That word means to recover. It'll recover your spirit. And so we see that private time, that particular touch. We see that personal message. We're done tonight. But how about this? We see a prepared meal. Look at Luke 8, verse 55. The Bible says, and her spirit came again. And she arose straightway. And look at this last part. The Bible says, and he commanded to give her meat. Bring her something to eat. That's what it's saying. He resurrected this young lady to life again, and he said, bring her something to eat. I commanded to give her meat. Now, this meat was to prove to others that it was her. <laughs> and it was not just a ghost. It was not a spirit, because spirits don't eat like that. And so God said, bring her. Jesus said, bring her something to eat. And I got to thinking about that prepared meal. Did you know tonight, church, if your spirit's going to revive, if your spirit's going to be sweet, 
If your spirit's gonna be full of joy, it's very, very important that you be present for the spiritual meals that are provided at your church every single week. And I'm not talking about this physical meal that we're gonna take down here Wednesday night. I'm talking about the meals that you get Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Revivals, conferences, special meetings, devotions. Man, it's important. It's so important. Somebody says, what's the big deal? The big deal is if your spirit's gonna be right, you need to show up for mealtime and let the Lord speak into your life. Let me give you a couple of verses. Ephesians 4, verse 11, the Bible says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. In Jeremiah 3, verse 15, the Bible says, I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Hey, can I ask you a question? How's your spirit? How's your spirit? Is your spirit healthy? Or is your spirit unhealthy? How's your spirit tonight? Will you still have that excitement that you had 10 years ago or 15 years ago? Man, just still so excited about the things. Well, you say, Pastor, you know, salvation's like everything else. After a while, it just sort of wears off. Not my salvation. And by the way, neither should yours. It ought never get old to you. Hey, listen, how's your spirit tonight? If you're here tonight, you say, Pastor, I need my spirit to come again. I want my excitement back. I want my joy back. You can get it. You can get it. And I'm going to tell you something. If that's you tonight, here's what I do. In just a moment, we have this invitation. I tiptoe down to this old-fashioned altar just as fast as I could. And I'd say, Lord, restore my spirit. God, give me that excitement. Give me that happiness. Give me that joy. Give me that passion that I once had, and I'll promise you something. He'll do it. He'll do it. Father, we love you. Thank you for this time we've had together tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be spirit-filled Christians. Father, I pray that as we go out into this world and go to work and to school, God, as we go out to the grocery store, the hardware store, the gas station, Father, I pray that people would see a different spirit, a different spirit. God, not not only that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, but but that the Spirit of God has created a new spirit inside of us. Father, that person that's here tonight that's lost their joy, I pray you'd help to get it back. That person that's lost their excitement, God, tonight I pray you'd help to get it back. God, help us to walk out of here with the joy of the Lord as our strength. Understanding that Jesus is our Savior, that our name is written in heaven. And God, we have so much to rejoice over tonight. Father, have your way in this invitation. Lord, if there's somebody here this evening that maybe didn't make a move for God this morning, and they should have, God, tonight I pray you'd work in their heart. And I pray that you'd help them to come. Have your way, Lord, I pray, and we thank you. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let me ask you this real quick before we go. How many are here tonight would say, Pastor, if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere? Can I pray with you tonight? Just say a prayer for you. Pastor, if I died, I'm not sure I'd go to heaven. 
Would you pray for me? Is there one anywhere? You just raise your hand up right now and let me say a prayer for you. Then I ask you this question. How's your spirit? How's your spirit? You say, Pastor, it's okay. But it's not really what it, what it ought to be. Okay. Why don't you come on tonight? If you need someone to pray with you, we'll be here. You come. Let's all stand around the house tonight. Lord, thank you for these that have already stepped out. And God, I pray right now, and I know this was a simple little simple message tonight. But God, I pray you'd take it and I pray you'd use it. Father, help us not to be satisfied with the same old spirit that this world has. God, may there be something different, different about us, different about me, different about this church. God, I pray that our community would see there's something different. Father, help us to have a Christ-like spirit. God, have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, save the lost. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Let's just keep our heads bowed just for a moment tonight. And uh, I'm going to make my way down to the front here. And if you're here tonight, you have a need. You don't have to come talk to me about it. But if you have a need and you need someone to help you, I'll be here for just a few moments. And uh, if I get busy, we've got some other personal workers that will meet you and greet you here. And so while we pause just for a minute, while folks are getting some help, You come on tonight. While we wait, you come tonight.